재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 In this week's Planet Korea, we're making an inquiry into the great Korean Ajuma. We all know the basic stereotype, the plucky little permed here, pantsuit-wearing housewife who haggles hard at the market and pushes her way past you on the subway. But ultimately, she's also the bedrock of Korean family life. She loves and she fiercely protects those closest to her. Let's spend this next part of the program talking about the Ajuma, starting with Crystal Tai. She's a journalist based in Seoul and Hong Kong. Crystal, great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, sort of the inspiration for taking a, a radio look at uh, the Korean Ajuma comes from your article. You have an article on Quartz.com recently, and I'll read uh-huh. the headline, The Body is Political, comma, Especially When It Comes to Women and Their Hair in South Korea. This is sort of a survey of attitudes towards hair, but zooming in very, very narrowly at first at the Ajuma hair, the Ajuma perm. Uh, it is kind of the point of entry into the stereotype of the mm-hmm. ajuma. What got you interested in exploring ajuma hair? Well, I think as a feminist, mm-hmm. um, I've always been interested in, in public attitudes towards women, uh, women's appearances, women in their hair, and especially the way that women are judged or perceived for how they look you know, within society in general. But on my last trip to Hong Kong... Uh, I was actually sitting down with my editor, Tripti Lahiri, who's mm. the bureau chief, Asia bureau chief of courts. And um, we were talking about recent topics affecting women and other minorities in South Korea. Mm-hmm. And this was around the time that images of Lee Jong-mi, the judge, went viral on This is the constitutional media. court judge, right? Yes, that's correct. She was uh, the, one of the key sort of figures in the impeachment trial. And I remember this also, that we saw the, the images of her walking with rollers, and people had a lot to say about that. Yeah, they did. They did. It was, it was interesting. You know, just the fact that she had these cute little pink rollers in her hair, you know, that when, when people looked at her, they thought that the, the, all the comments online, at least, uh, they were saying that she was hardworking, that she was a, you know, a true professional, a consummate professional. All these different hashtags mm. you know, trending along with images of her hair so hard working she didn't even have time to get the rollers out of her hair before she went to her yeah. appointment at court that was sort of the kind of the general feeling online and uh-huh. what's cool about this article you've put together is that uh, hair is this sort of point of entree into understanding at least to a certain extent korean women and attitudes about uh, korean women particularly the ajuma in fact the subheader that your editor has put in on on the court's article is simply ajuma hair you know after i arrived in korea about three years ago i would hear all these different jokes being made all the time about ajumas you know there's that one that everybody knows that there are three genders in korea Men, women, and Najumas. Yeah, like almost a third gender. Yeah. They're almost kind of a cartoon character-ish caricature. Yeah, definitely lots of stereotypes. I mean, Ajumas are defined by a few different, mainly physical characteristics. Okay. Um, you know, the nengjango patsi that they wear, like the, the refrigerator pants that are loose and baggy <laughs> and comfortable. Sure. And very Functional. Um, yeah, and, and with these crazy patterns on them. You know, the the shopping bag that they're carrying, the market bag. Or the little wheelie cart behind them yeah. sometimes, yeah? Yeah, sometimes that as well. And then, you know, ultimately, like, the main characteristic is the ajuma perm. Mm-hmm. The short, curly, kind of fro 
I guess, hairstyle that they have on top of their head. So Yeah. Well, we've got uh, in our conversation, uh, what I want to do is to take a look at not only that sort of stereotype or caricature of the Ajuma, but to go from that and look at maybe a more nuanced reality, also to look at the sort of evolution okay. of the Ajuma. And we've got a couple of different uh, things to kind of <laughs> listen to together and roll in. Our uh, team member, Jinyi, went out and spoke to uh, various uh, people out there. We've got actually two Ajuma voices. The first is Angela. She's a traditional medicine doctor in her Mm mid-30s. Let's listen to what she has to say about Ajuma. Ajuma and Ajumani both mean old lady who have children, but Ajuma is more negative word. Ajuma means rude and selfish old lady. And Ajuman is more polite way to call old lady. I don't want to be seen and called Ajuma because I mentioned earlier it's negative word. So there's Ajuma in both of its kind of negative and positive uh, inflections, right? There are stereotypes of Ajuma as rude and selfish. Um, and you have honed in uh, in your article on the perm. I mean, the perm in the context of the modern ajuma is is a functional hairstyle, right? It is, yeah. When I first moved to Asia, I was kind of perplexed when when I would look around, um, you know, at at middle-aged women in in general. And and I I noticed in Korea in particular, a lot of women have this very, yeah, have have the ajuma hairstyle basically. Mm -hmm. And I I wondered why, like, why would you all want to have the same hair or similar hairstyles? So looking into that, I spoke to a couple different ajumas, I guess women who, who would define themselves as mm-hmm. ajumas, uh, hairstylist, and um, they told me that it, it mainly has to do with getting older and hair loss as well as uh, efficiency. When a woman starts to raise her family, usually she doesn't have a lot of time. That's, that's what they told me anyway. And uh, they want to keep their personal appearances neat and mm-hmm. and you know put together but at the same time um they don't have a lot of time to go out to the hair salon or to dry long hair so they get it cut short and they curl it and it's it's very efficient ajuma hair that that kind of tight uh curly perm look has actually only been around korea for maybe the last uh, I mean, widely available in Korea for perhaps the last 30 years or so, mm. 30 to 40 years. So in the beginning, the first perm that came to Korea was actually offered at a department store in Seoul in mm. 1937. And this was when Korea was under Japanese colonization. Mm-hmm. Back then, perms were associated mainly with, uh, I guess, Western beauty ideals. Mm. So Hollywood films, uh, Hollywood actresses. They, they were seen as very Western. And so, in a way, in the beginning, especially when they were banned by the Japanese in Korea, perms were associated with luxury and with liberal Western ideals that were not so welcome at the time. Uh, you and I know in common another journalist who was uh-huh. based here in Seoul, but now kind of roams all around the world by the name of uh, Jeffrey Kane. Uh, did you catch the article he wrote about uh, two years ago called How I Became an Ajuma? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. I yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. It was just so funny. Well, I phoned him. Uh, I, yeah. I, he's down in uh, Thailand, in Chiang Mai, working on a book, actually. Uh, and I Skyped him, and I wanted to share with the listeners some of the aspects by which this sort of white male reporter 
could say of himself, I became an Ajima. So let's just listen real quickly to our short conversation. The Ajima is a woman in South Korea who knows how to get her way, who knows how to push through, who can basically weather any sort of uh, problem or any, anything in the world and can survive with this unusual acumen, this unusual toughness. And you can spot them all over Seoul. I, and you'll know, you'll know when you see them. I would say they have fortitude. Um, they have a certain nonchalance to what goes on around them. Um, they have these uh, tiger-like features in which they could protect uh, their families. They know how to protect their children from whatever's coming. Uh, they, they know how to, uh, according to the stereotype at least, to, to keep their costs low. They know how to find the best deal. Basically, they are women who have managed to adopt the South Korea's you know, history of poverty and, and just have, have adopted this way of doing things that allows them to get through what seems like any uh, major calamity. You wrote an essay a couple of years ago called How I Became an Ajuma. How did you become an Ajuma? I arrived in South Korea in 2009 originally, and I had been covering a few other countries. I was mostly in Southeast Asia. But uh, when I arrived, uh, I had this very interesting experience. I mean, South Korea and also North Korea, just the two Koreas, one of the things that I had to ask my Korean friends about was the presence of all these ajumas. Everywhere I went, it, you know, it didn't matter whether it was Seoul or Busan or uh, Gangneung or, or wherever. Um, also, in North Korea, too, um, I saw a preponderance of ajumas who are wearing uh, these pajama-like clothes with clashing bright colors, and uh, they had perms and uh, often pearl necklaces and a number of other features. I mean, they often kind of walked fast and, and grabbed their seats on the subway and elbowed into people, and they were just generally tough ladies. And so when you became an ajuma, did you go get the perm and the pajama top and all of that stuff? I did not go that far, but uh, <laughs> I think I, maybe I could have if I wanted to attract some pretty uh, hilarious media attention. Um, so, so as I was you know, reporting in Korea and as I was getting more acculturated to uh, just getting things done in Korea and understanding Korea, I found that often to get things done in Korea, I had to embrace more of that tough Ajuma-type spirit. Um, so I, I think that when we're talking about this this toughness, we're talking about this unusual sharpness that uh, the Ajuma have developed, you know, because of whatever history they've had, whatever history of suffering they've gone through. It, it's just something that's been embraced and something that they really need to push on, uh, you know, in their everyday lives. Um, but uh, that 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 Ajuma archetype, an archetype that exists and that uh, can be attributed to some sort of uh, Korean uh, history involving this third gender or third sex that exists outside of the other uh, two uh, gender archetypes. So Crystal Jeffrey there, he echoed what you said with Ajumas as this sort of third gender. How should we characterize that kind of thinking? I don't know. According to Confucian values, you know, a woman should be a good wife and a good mother. Mm. And those are kind of the core values that a woman should embody mm -hmm. within Korean society. I mean, back in the day, like traditional Korea. Sure. Um, and nowadays, part of that, I guess, that expectation still exists. And women, once they get married, once they have children, there's this 
almost loss of sexuality and, and they just become sexless and mm. they're no longer, you know, in a way it can be empowering as well because you're, you're no longer, I guess, perceived as attractive, mm. uh, a young, attractive female. You're no longer held to the standard of being <laughs> yes, attractive exactly. either, right? So you're no longer objectified in a certain way. And you kind of gain this this voice, perhaps a, a sense of power within society, as as ajumas, you know, are are known to. Crystal, you referenced uh, sort of the Confucian heritage or past of how people thought of ajumas and how that plays into uh, the modern era. I've got one more little soundbite uh, okay. that our team member went out and uh, spoke to a woman named Heijong. She's in her mid-50s, and she runs a little guest house. Uh, let's hear what she has to say about the past of Ajuma conception. Long time ago, ladies, Ajuma ladies were treated as a labor and producing babies with no human values. I think it is derived from Confucianism that women have to obey men, especially householder. So girls didn't get proper education and then have to marry to take a role in husband's house. In the agricultural industry, times goes by. Ajima has evolved thanks to high level education, which means nice job opportunities as well. So they can voice nowadays. Additionally, they continue their job even after getting married, which was very rare before. As they get smart and earn money, they can invest time and money for themselves. Ajuma now, they bringing up their children with utmost effort and want to make their children as one of the best. That's one of the similarities with old Ajuma. Ajuma now try to be well-mannered and show themselves very well-educated among Ajuma's group. But sometimes they get selfish as long as their children are concerned. So, Crystal, there's kind of an evolution of the Ajuma that she's talking about there. The old Ajuma and the more modern Ajuma that has a higher level of education, has uh, nicer jobs and opportunities, has kind of mm-hmm. extended out beyond her husband's shadow. She doesn't have to be uh, sort of a, purely a supporting yeah. cast member in the husband's household anymore. Um, at this point, there's actually another subset of Ajumas called Missy Ajumas. Oh, really? Yes. And uh, an interviewee I spoke to uh, was telling me about this, the Missy Ajumas. It's sort of a new phenomenon. So young-ish you know, married women who don't want to embrace the stereotype of Ajuma because Ajuma is generally used to refer to married women. Sure. So a lot of women who get married, they, they feel like they... So it's almost an instant transformation. Exactly, you're married, yeah. therefore you are Yeah, Ajuma. you put on the ring and you're an Ajuma. Mm. And so uh, with the Missy Ajumas, they're very into their, their well-being, you know, health, fitness. They're very youthful and I guess in a way transforming the stereotype. Hmm. So. so the perm and the pajama suit uh, maybe... Uh, might uh, become an archival Ajuma characteristic with uh, these sort of uh, Missy Ajumas leading the way. The article is on Quartz.com. It's called The Body is Political, especially when it comes to women and their hair in South Korea. You ought to check it out. It's by Crystal Tai. She's a journalist based here in Seoul and in Hong Kong. Crystal, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you.
So now we have some views from expats, some perceptions of the typical ajima, the stereotype, we might say. For a voice of authenticity, we're going to turn now to Jimin Lee. She is a Korean woman who is a university lecturer at Peksok Art University. She is also, by her own self-description, an ajima. <laughs> Jimin Lee, welcome. Hello. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, I mentioned you're an ajima. You have admitted or said to us you are an ajima. How does that uh, ring to you when I describe you as an ajima? Uh, no, I think um, as Wikipedia defines Ajuma, I am a married, um, you know, or a married aged woman. So I guess you can refer me as Ajuma. But, you know, if you're asking me how long I've been married, you know, uh, last week was my 14th anniversary. Okay. And uh, if you're asking me how long I've been a mother, it's been five and a half years. But if you're asking me how long since I've been an Ajuma, it's a deeper question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't know what to say because you know, I, I myself don't feel like I'm ajumma. Yeah. So actually, you know, if I walk on the street and somebody calls me, hey, ajumma, I doubt, I seriously doubt, you know, I would look back and, you know, respond to that. I would not, it would not occur to me to call out to you on the street and say, or even to think internally, oh, there's an ajumma going by. Mm-hmm. By all of the stuff that we've described so far, sort of the perm and the outfit and the pushiness, none of that comes through from you. So, I mean, there's the literal meaning of ajuma, which does apply to you. And then there's this whole bundle of descriptors and feelings that go along with it. Did you dread becoming an ajuma when you were a younger woman? I have to say I did. And I am, and that, you know, as of now, too. Because uh-huh. uh, the word ajuma kind of is like, you know, kind of like a pejorative term of ajumani. Mm. Uh, so I think the word itself has kind of like negative feeling to it. So, you know, as a younger generation, we kind of, you know, um, try to distance ourselves from the word ajuma. We kind of like try really hard not to be the stereotype ajuma. When you were conceiving the stereotype ajuma, what was the key thing to avoid when you wanted to become something different? What did you want to steer clear of? Uh, first of all, I would have to say, uh, you know, have some like courtesy manners okay yeah for the others um you know when it comes to manners uh, especially when it involves their children their own children i have to say ajumas go you know they they have no limit you know you kind of have that feeling but even in that situation younger generation ajumas try to have the you know try to hold ourselves have the you know uh kind of self self-control sure yeah well i mean you have kids too there must be the occasional Ajuma moment that you have when oh. you sort of become the tiger protecting the cubs. Tell me right? about it. <laughs> um, but the thing is that I try to be a tiger to my my um, own child, but I try her not to um, kind of like you know uh, be rude to others around her, especially in public you know scenes, um, especially in uh, especially in restaurants. I really try hard to teach my child, uh, you know, how to behave, mm-hmm. how to behave properly in public. So I kind of think that uh, ajumas in younger generation, generations try to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Listeners can't see you, but, you know, you, you've got stylish clothing on, you have an attractive short haircut, not permed, painted nails. This is not uh, what we have just outlined as, uh, as an ajuma stereotype. I think Jeffrey Kane would have said the ajuma almost transcends male or female. You are very clearly... Uh, a female. A female. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, the whole Ajima bag of meaning and feelings, is it fading away or is it evolving and transforming? 
I think uh, we still are trying not to, you know, put ourselves into the word ajuma. But I think the, you know, we, we, we can't ignore them. I mean, we actually have to respect them in a way because they are loving moms. They are hard workers at company. You know, they're really, really uh, important part of the society, right? But I think even with or without the word ajuma, the conceptual, you know, image has transformed, definitely evolved. Do you remember the very first time or one of the first times that someone addressed you as ajuma? Um, luckily, not yet, but I myself has felt that I became an ajuma when I try to get a discount even at the department store. Oh, yeah? I, you know, I, I, I talk to myself, oh, I became ajuma now, you know. Well, so, so I mean, yeah, like I said, you don't look the way ajumas should look, you know, uh, so I, it's, it, you're blessed not to be referred to as ajuma. Uh, there's a parallel in the United States when somebody calls you ma'am yeah, for the exactly. first time. Right. <laughs> it's like, don't you call me ma'am. In my case, Mm-mm-mm. sir. You know, uh, 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 you know, or when a, uh, a high school student or, or so addressed me as sir for the very first time. Exactly. I was like, no, don't do that. I mean, there should be perhaps a new term perhaps in Korean uh, to sort of transcend this bag of stereotypes. Actually, there are a lot of people nowadays kind of use the word missy instead of the uh, ajumma. Oh, really? Yeah. As a form of address? They would call you missy? No, No. they they don't call you missy. Uh But like as we refer certain types of ajumma, but we don't want to call them ajumma. Uh, you know, we sometimes call them Missy. Uh-huh. So, you know, back in the States, when I, when I lived in the States, there was a very famous website called, um, can I mention it? MissyUSA.com. I actually thought about that yesterday, last night, when I was thinking about this program. Um, if it were called AjumaUSA.com, I don't think it would have been that popular because it's really, uh-huh. I think it's probably the most popular site um, back in the States for um, Korean-American women. I see. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. So, mm. And you are active in terms of working. You're a teacher. You're out there in the workplace. Does that help to sort of defuse the usual ajumaness of your life? I guess so, especially when I'm, you know, um, teaching students, younger generation. I try to look young. I try to, um, you know, have the have the same thoughts as they, you know, uh, 20s, right? They're really early 20s, like late um, tens, like not teens, 19, 20s. Uh, so I try to, um, you know, kind of like force myself, um, try to, you know, have the eye contact with them. So it, it kind of helps me distance myself from the stereo you know, like really strong perm. <laughs> sure. So having options beyond the house and raising kids, that's one element in transforming the modern Ajma. Are there any other key forces transforming or evolving the Ajma of 2017? Um, I think modernized version of Ajma has a lot to do with independency and self-control. Uh, more and more Ajmas are highly educated. So having a proper education at school and having some job experiences, Ajumas in their 40s and 50s are completely different from their, you know, 60s, 70s or 80s. Um, So um, also they uh, have very strong internet-based network among themselves. So the term Ajuma has evolved from for the women and, you know, for the society as well, I think. The networked Ajuma and the evolving Ajuma, kind of a barometer of society's changes. Ji Min Lee of Pexok Art University, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you so much. 
And that is going to do it for this special Saturday edition of Koreascape. Our show is produced by Sol Kim with associate production by Jamie Lee, writing by Christine Saul, and I'm Kurt Asian. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Koreascape is the handle. Or find us on Instagram, koreascape.tbs over there. We're back again on Monday with Health Watch, Food and Beyond as well. Yerika is going to talk to us about rice at the center of Korean and Asian cuisine. We'll see you Monday morning.